Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. 1570 AM, The Zone. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, hopefully we're going to see a little more sunshine today than clouds. At least keep your fingers crossed on that. It's going to warm up today. 74, our expected high. Tomorrow, a good possibility we're going to see some rain in the forecast. 73, our expected high on Thursday. How you doing, everybody? Fabulous Farm Beat Pam Youngke. Glad to help you rise and shine on what we hope is going to be a good Wednesday. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has weather details coming up. Last week, we learned that the CEO of Dairy Management Incorporated stepping away after 30 years in leadership. Tom Gallagher is his name. We're going to find out why he's stepping away and what he wants to pursue next. Also this morning, markets are kind of in a free fall. A lot of concern over the fallout from that Facebook whistleblower testimony yesterday in Washington, D.C. And the world market still pretty anxious about that China real estate developer Evergrande and how they're going to solve their financial issues as well. We'll try to take a deep dive on what that means to commodities for you on a Wednesday morning as well. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. World Dairy Expo 2021 is a wrap. And a good show, a little different show. A lot of Canadian cattle were there, to people's surprise, but the world didn't show up as much as usual because, obviously, of travel restrictions. But, Pam, all in all, I think uh, people were excited to have World Dairy Expo back live and in person. Yeah, absolutely. Without, uh, without a doubt, the people that were there, the face-to-face contact getting reconnected was the cr- critical element everybody had missed. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. So I decided to talk about it with Scott Benley. He's the general manager of World Dairy Expo. It was basically on his shoulders as well as the boards to make the difficult decision in 2020 that they were canceling the show. They suffered the financial ramifications. Now they're looking ahead. Uh, more changes that are on uh, the horizon for World Dairy Expo, including an adjustment on the schedule for 2022, moving to just a four-day trade show, uh, but not wanting to give up any of the elements. I talked with Scott about it and asked him to explain some of the changes that are part of the show and how he intends to try to make this show relevant, not just next year, but for years to come. Sure. We'll go back to April or 1st of May 2020 uh, when we made the difficult decision and in hindsight the right decision to cancel the 2020 World Dairy Expo. We had previously communicated and we held up our end of the bargain that all uh, exhibitor uh, monies uh, and sponsor monies would be returned if they had been paid up until that time. So we would have refunded all of our commercial exhibitor Uh, booth uh, Mm -hmm. fees. We would have uh, refunded any sponsorship monies that had been 
had been provided and certainly the same uh, in any other aspect of Expo 2020 that was ultimately canceled. So we wanted to start with a clean slate for the Expo in 2021. That does have financial ramifications. I, I don't think that there's anybody out there that would believe any event, any venue could go uh, without some kind of revenue. Uh, get Set us up for 2021 then and how financially sound World Dairy Expo still is. Sure. I would go back and just say, to my knowledge, we were the only exhibition that would have refunded 100% of our exhibitor and sponsor monies in 2020. So we're very proud of that. We felt then it was the right thing to do. We know it was the right thing to do. And we think that that's maybe what sets World Dairy Expo apart. And we were able to do that because of the leadership and commitment from the uh, uh, ex executive committee and elected leaders uh, mm -hmm. on the World Dairy Expo board of directors, but also because over the last several years, 10, 20 years, we have been profitable, and we've been profitable because we've had a trade show that has been at capacity uh, for 20-plus years that really set us up for this position. You know, now I take a look at the 2021 show. It, it looks different, as we expected. I guess one thing, Scott, in standing in these shoes, you really do realize the international influence of World Dairy Expo. Yes, you really do. And as I said to someone the other day, uh, we, we're going to have significantly fewer international attendees. And so we're going to lose a little bit of that seasoning, a little bit of the spice on a fine meal. And so the fine meal is we've got our dairy cattle show at capacity. We've got a robust and I think a very uh, appreciative trade show yeah. for our attendees to be a part of. And so, yes, it's going to look a little bit different, the footprint, the layout, the schedule for this week. Uh, but we're all excited to be back on the World Day Expo grounds. You know, the nice part is it gave you some flexibility to do some things that had been on the drawing board for a little while, uh, and it really opened up a lot of space. I think that's an excellent point, actually. You know, we've spent a lot of time brainstorming, uh, going through strategic initiatives and priorities that allowed us to step back and say, what, you know, what needs to be done? What's overdue? What can we lean into and get done yet for 2021? And so we've got some structural changes, some schedule changes, and I think that's going to be a part of the success of this year's show. Now, we obviously believe that 2022 and beyond, the momentum is going to rebuild. We'll be back at capacity. How do you keep this footprint when, as you said, you get that pressure of a sold-out event. Well, sure. So what we are looking at are some Expo Week changes for 2022, and those have been announced and shared publicly. And so we're actually going to extend World Dairy Expo from what has been traditionally a five-day event in terms of uh, admission at the gates to a six-day event, starting with uh, youth competitions on Sunday and the tan bark, or excuse me, on, on the colored shavings, uh, and we'll conclude on Friday. But uh, having a five-day cattle show, a four-day trade show, uh, really uh, ramping up our educational and social opportunities, those are aligned with the feedback that we've gotten from our stakeholders across the spectrum of this industry that we need to also change with the changes that are forthcoming in the industry today. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about changes. People need to realize World Dairy Expo, a wonderful event on county-owned grounds that are looking at potential changes. Dane County looking at some revision, shall we say, of what this campus looks like. And I know World Dairy Expo, obviously one of those that's been involved in that conversation. Give me your sense right now, Scott, on how that's coming along because it's far from decided. Sure, I'll just give you the perspective that I hold today, which is that we have had a seat at the table and we're all very appreciative of that. 
this has been something that's been uh, uh, on the book, so to speak, for the for probably the last five yeah. years. And we don't know in the shoes that we're in how quickly it will evolve. But there certainly is a desire to uh, to make changes and improvements to this campus in terms of infrastructure and build out not only in the campus but in the surrounding area. Uh, and so. We want to be a part of those changes. We want to ensure that our voice is heard and that we recognize anytime you make change, sometimes it's hard, but if you can reach out and look out far enough, it can be for the best. So uh, some of the changes we're talking about, I think, can be very beneficial to World Day Expo, but we need to make sure that our voice is heard so that we can be a part of those changes to ensure that it aligns with the needs of our exhibitors, both dairy, cattle, and trade, as well as the attendees that come. You know, one thing that you had to maneuver through during the pandemic and even today is the fact that this show is located in Dane County, center of state government, a lot of eyes that are watching optics, a unique county compared to the rest of the state. When the pandemic was raging, and I know World Dairy Expo had to try to figure out what, where, how, you were courted by other locations to still try to have a show. Sure, I think that's an accurate statement. So we certainly spent the first uh, third of 2021 really evaluating our options and we had a singular mindset of we will hold World Dairy Expo 2021 somewhere. Uh, come hell or high water, if you don't mind me saying that, that was uh, the mandate from leadership and certainly staff was on board with that. So we did our due diligence. We reached out to other venues, they reached out to us and we went through a very methodical process with our leadership, with board and committee members and ultimately some of the assurances that we received from the county and even elevated uh, beyond that uh, gave us the confidence that we could hold World Dairy Expo and we could hold it at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin. What did that vetting process though teach you, Scott, or reveal to you? You don't look if you don't need, and there's been changes in the show industry across the United States. What did you learn? Sometimes you learn for the betterment of your show. Sometimes it's just amazing what you find out is available. Yeah, great question, and there's no simple answer to that, but when you hold an event that has 50-plus thousand attendees and 2,000 world-class dairy cattle and you need a half a million square foot of uh, trade show space, um, they're not easy to find, and a lot of folks may have suggestions on where you should go or might be inviting you to come to their venue. But when you really factor in that, and then you, you don't want to be too far from America's dairy land, and you might want to be in the middle of America's dairy land, and you need to have access to airports and hotels and conference and convention centers. What you realize is there aren't many cities and venues that can hold World Dairy Expo the way we currently visualize World Dairy Expo being held. So where does that vision take you in the future then? One thing that people that attend the show have to realize, and consumers should as well, Technology, technology, technology. Those cows are wonderful to look at, but for that trade show, a lot of technology. Can this show continue to grow with that trend in the industry? Tell me a little bit about how you envision World Dairy Expo five, ten, ten years down the road. Well, we're certainly going to have to remain relevant, and the only way that I believe we can do that is by continuing to change 
and not just follow the change, but lead the change. That's not easy. That takes vision. That takes leaders that are willing to lean into and embrace uh, those strategic initiatives that we either we identify or that are identified for us by others in the industry. And so, yes, I have very, uh, I have all the confidence in the world that we can continue to be highly relevant and lead the dairy industry and agricultural space. But I will say this. Anyone who thinks that we don't have to change and adapt uh, is probably not on board with this ship because it's going to sail. Yep, very true. Scott Bentley, General Manager, World Dairy Expo, another successful show. 2021, instrumental to the dairy industry, and now you know the story why. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. On August 25, 2021, the Madison Police Department was contacted by a Wisconsin resident living outside of Dane County. The reporting party told MPD that they received a call from a 608 area code. The caller identified himself as a fundraiser working on behalf of MPD collecting money for injured officers. When reporting the incident, the reporting party said they did not provide any money to the caller and that the caller hung up when the reporting party told them they were uncomfortable with the call. MPD is not involved in any telephone-based fundraising efforts and will not attempt to collect funds over the phone for any reason. MPD would like to remind residents to be extremely cautious if providing funds to anyone over the phone. Never provide funds in the form of gift cards and contact your local police department if you're suspicious of a call you have received. If you have any information regarding similar calls, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and the warmer weather continues to roll across the state of Wisconsin, but it does look like at least the dry part of that forecast could be coming to a close sometime soon. Time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Updates. Dumuk, Ag Meteorologist, joining us with some of the details. Yeah, everybody's buzzing about it here in the building, how, you know, you're still in shorts. There's not really too many jackets that are coming out this time of the year. Uh, so we'll we'll take the warmer temperatures for sure and continue to run with it. But now it does look like we've got our rainfall reporters being called back in action. Yeah, some of that rain finally should start to show up, you know, oh, I'd say 20 hours from now, something like that, 22 hours from now, into the early parts of Thursday morning. 
and that finally will bring a little moisture around. The mild air continues, absolutely tempered because of clouds and some rain chances here at the end of the week, but still above normal temperatures. Extended forecasts on through the 18th and 19th of October. That's into next week, still indicating the above normal temperatures continue. A very, very mild spell. A little out of the ordinary, as we normally have been talking about that first freeze by this time of the year. And we're not anywhere near it and have no fear of it even happening around here. So what we have is low pressure building up out of the south. And there is some rain pushing up in the Mississippi Valley this morning. Up into southern Missouri and Illinois, southern Indiana, Kentucky and Tennessee having some rain. Oh, it's not going to suddenly appear here and just build right in. But quite late tonight into the early morning hours tomorrow, there may be a few scattered showers or an isolated rumble of thunder. The rain chance looking to uh, increase somewhat as we make our way on toward a little later Thursday and Thursday night. And there may still be some chance for a few scattered showers, even Friday or as we head toward the weekend. But the main rain that really starts to show up in the gauge most likely is going to be around for Thursday and Thursday night. And I'd say up to a quarter or, or maybe a half an inch of that time. Not a whole lot, just enough rain to make it a little nuisance, you know, add a little muddiness to our field operations, but that should be about the extent. Those temperatures still on the above normal side, then right into next week. Some instability lingers, even though I'm talking about low pressure building up out of the south. A cool front tries to swing in out of the northwest and maybe just enough to keep that chance of a hit or miss sprinkly shower in the picture for a little later Saturday, even on towards Sunday or Monday. Not going to yield much for rain, but every now and again, some drops could be seen. I'll have forecast details right after this. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compere.com slash crop insurance. Compere does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit badgerbean.com today. All righty, Stu, go ahead. Give us a few more details on uh, what's coming our way and how quick it's going to get here. All right, well, still very fine today. The Compere Financial Ag Weather Update, including a little patchy fog here or there. And I do expect some sun, but let's call it a mostly cloudy day. A little better chance of sun in the east. Temps up into the, I'll call it almost mid-70s, 74, maybe 75 at La Crosse. East winds will be around 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy and late tonight, a very scattered shower. A slight chance of a thunderstorm could edge in. I'd expect nighttime lows around 60. Some upper 50s, low 60s. East winds 5 to 10. Tomorrow, a little morning fog, a mostly cloudy day. Showers, maybe an isolated thunderstorm in the morning could redevelop here later in the day. I'd still expect low 70s for highs, east winds at 5. 
and Friday, partly sunny. Again, some showers or thunderstorms develop, especially, I think, in the afternoon Friday because it does warm a bit. Again, heading toward those mid-70s, southwest winds about 5. Could be a little slight chance of a shower or storm around for Saturday again, Pam, but pretty nice with mid-70s, very mild weather to wrap up our week. All right. Now, just because I'm getting nervous about getting my corn and beans in, when you look into next week, do we get back to a dry pattern? That, that hit or miss sprinkly little shower now and again, unfortunately, kind of sticks with us probably through Tuesday toward Wednesday, but it's mm. never going to amount to much for rain. All right. All right. We'll see if you got more details for us tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. We'll see you later. All right. Take care. Stu Macher, Ag Meteorologist with your weather details. Compure Financial bringing you that update. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit compure.com to find out more. It is time to take a break. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Landscape Envy, that's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. You know it's coming. Let's make sure you're prepared. Winter in Wisconsin. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee reminding you about all the services that are there under one roof at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City, McFarland's.net online. Don't forget, time for that snowblower service to make sure it's ready to go. They can handle it. Maybe a set of new tires for the ride that you depend on in the winter. Focused on their community and your safety. That's McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, McFarland's.net online. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance company still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection serves all of Dane County and the surrounding communities. And with our new location in Monroe, we also proudly serve all of Greene County. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. 
Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. With the holidays coming up, it's always great to have some extra money for gifts, the family vacation you've all been waiting for, or home improvements. At Educated Mortgage, we can get that done for you with a cheap and easy refinance. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222-652. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Teenage driver coming aboard your policy? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance about a good student discount. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. There was a time when Devin Williams, you know, won Rookie of the Year, uh, reliever of the year, and you had voted him second, correct? Correct. Okay, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just asking on this, and, and I'm going to parlay it into this. I saw a bunch of writers saying that despite Corbin Burns leading in almost every category uh, when it comes to pitching, that Zach Wheeler should be number one, and then Burns would be all the way down to number four. Could you? And Burns only had one second place vote. If you are given the opportunity, where would you vote Burns for uh, Cy Young? You know, I, and I'm, I'm thankful that I don't have the Cy Young vote this year. So a little, little primer on how it works, because people think that all of us vote on every award. We don't. Yes. So for each chapter, each baseball writer's chapter, two voters from each chapter, each city, vote on each award. So I don't know who in my chapter has Cy Young this year, and I'm, I'm honestly thankful that I don't. The knock on Burns right now is innings. I mean, that's really all it is. And to an extent, I see that. I, I see where, where some voters are going with that. Wheeler is out there. I think he's got five more starts, maybe four more starts. Um, and he's got a significant uh, higher number of innings. So I, I see where that's – I see where people are going with that. Now, at the same time, the Brewers did that intentionally. You know, they, they manage Burns' workload. They manage all their pitchers' workload to get them to this point. Um, 
So, you know, it very well could be a hindrance. You know, I, I, I can see if you're going to vote, if you're going to take workload into account, I, I understand. Because you're, 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 no you're no stranger to a controversial vote. No, no, not at all. I, I honestly don't know how I would vote. I, I have looked at all of them, and, and how do you pick? Like, how do you honestly pick between well, let me ask you Zach this. Wheeler and Max Scherzer and Walter Bueller and Corbin? Now, Bird? Wheeler has the innings, obviously, but when you see a guy who leads the league in ERA, strikeout rate, home run rate, and also a guy who hasn't done something since uh, 1913, and that would be... Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I have the stat. That would be Burns led the NL in strikeouts per nine innings and fewest walks per nine innings, something that hasn't been done since Walter Johnson in 1913, and leads the league in all these other stats. Wouldn't you say the guy who is number one in almost everything should be the Cy Young winner? I, I do agree with you there. Yes. You know, I yes. would have a hard time voting against him, um, and I know that's where, that's where you start getting you know, the calls of being Homer, but th- th- that's the big thing. You look at all the categories – that Burns leads in, and okay, fine. If you if you want to dock him for for innings and starts, I mean, you're right. You're then, okay then have council not win. Then have council not win Manager of the Year if that's the case. Then yeah, dock council yeah. for that. Yeah, I, well, I think Gabe Kapler is going to win that. I, I really do. Um, just because you know the Brewers were expected to be pretty good this year. The, the Giants were, I think, picked to finish last by most of them. You know, to come out to not just win the West. But to, to win as many as they did and win the West, when you had teams like the Dodgers and the Padres who were supposed to be really good, you know, that was, that's an impressive thing. And the fact that the Giants did it kind of the, the reverse money ball way where, you know, everyone's all about <laughs> young talent. These guys are going out and getting, you know, 30-, 40-year-old dudes. You know, credit to Gabe Kapler for that because – that kind of bucks the trend of, of recent baseball. Yeah, uh, moving forward, Andrew. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Corbin Burns. I would, I would have him be my Cy Young winner. Is Burns going to get the start Friday against the Braves, or is it going to be the big woo, the more experienced veteran uh, in the playoffs, Brandon Woodruff? You know, I, I, I've been wondering that the Brewers haven't announced their starter, and despite what you may have read, there has not been an announcement made. Um, you would think naturally you'd go with your ace, your number one, but remember they skipped. Woodruff's last outing, so he's been on the shelf for quite a while. Now he's going to get some simulated work this week at Miller Park, but I don't um, think. Excuse you want me, it's American Family Field, sir. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, no one's no one's paying me anything. Yeah, whatever. I'm not getting any checks out of it. You're, you're a copy editor. Just tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Keep him in check." Yeah, got it. Go figure. <laughs> But no, I mean they're going to give they're going to give Woodruff. All their guys are going to get some simulated action this week. Must be nice. And uh, <laughs> I lost my, my train of thought there with that. Uh, I, I think you were thinking you wanted to be hanging out with Urban Meyer with the some there you go. action. No, but no, I, I don't see. I don't see. I don't see. I, I don't think you want to rest the guy two weeks and throw him out there on the pump in a playoff game. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they went out there with with Woodruff in game one. I th- the bigger thing to me is who's not going to get a start in this series. That's what I'm curious to see. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, let's hope we see a little more sunshine today. 74 are expected high and then rain in the forecast for tomorrow. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, 
Here's what's happening on a Wednesday. I feel like calling this one a wacky Wednesday because I've got a lot of very interesting dates to remember (laughs) for this one. On this day in 1908, a horse named Harvester actually won the Kentucky Futurity. The horse was owned by a fellow named August in Milwaukee. It was a trotting event at that time and part of the Triple Crown of Harness Racing for Trotters. That race has been held annually in Lexington, Kentucky since 1893, and a Milwaukee horse named Harvester won it on this day in 1908. On this day in 1969, two Bucks players were arrested. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Lucius Allen were arrested in Denver, Colorado, for suspicion of marijuana possession. They were released on bond, never got charged because of lack of evidence, but they got charged back on this day in 1969. Here is one that is very strange. On this date in 2007, it was the first successful human-powered attempt to circumnavigate the world. It was an Englishman named Jason Lewis that finally got it done. It took him 4,833 days to do it. He only used human-powered modes of transportation, so bicycles, rollerblades, and a pedal-powered boat to go around the world. I figured it out. 4,833 days means he dedicated more than 13 years of his life to trying to get around the world. Hi, okay, now you know. It's a Wednesday. That means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Auction Group. Remember that? S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Ashley Hewen back along with us. Boy, you know, we talk about how busy it's been in the field, getting a, going on the harvest and everything so dry. It's pretty doggone busy in the Steffes Auction office as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know it is. We've got 115 auctions currently on our website right now. Of course, most of them are going to happen in that November, December range. That's actually our busiest time of the year also. But we do have a couple coming up. I want to highlight the one in Ellsworth, Wisconsin, the Spring Lettuce State. That's going to be October 20th. That's an online-only auction. And then we booked another one for December in Luck, Wisconsin. So really, um, as people are out harvesting and they're in the field, uh, I want people to be thinking about what equipment do I want to trade off before the end of the year? What do I need to sell? And what am I looking to buy? Yeah, it it doesn't just fall in your lap, folks, especially if you want a decent deal. And as you've been talking about for the past couple of months, Ashley, the value on that used equipment is staying pretty robust. That means if you're trying to buy, you're going to have to maybe cast your net a little wider. Yeah, that's very true. The market is just red hot right now, of course. Uh, some of that new equipment um, is kind of non-existent. People that ordered stuff in the spring are, are may or may not be getting it for this fall harvest, uh, which puts added pressure on the used market also. So um, if there's something that's just laying around and you're not using it, it's probably time to sell it. That's what I'm thinking. Now, do you have any other auctions that are coming up? I know that there's a couple other folks that might be looking for maybe other staples to get them through the winter. Looks to me like you've got another online hay auction they could keep an eye on, too. Yeah, matter of fact, we're doing twice a month now. Uh, In the summertime, we go to once a month. So twice a month, the second and fourth Tuesday of each month here, and that'll continue all the way through next April. Um, So, yes, a lot of nice hay coming through our yard. 
Um, it's a good time. The market has tapered off and plateaued a little bit on the hay, so maybe now's the time to buy before it goes up again this winter. Well, you know how that goes. As soon as the combines are parked, uh, then all of a sudden we start casting our eyes in different directions. Now, what kind of lead time do you suggest, Ashley, for people that are thinking about, as you said, letting go of some of their equipment, maybe acquiring others. If they want to think about maybe getting rid of a couple pieces, how much time do they need to allow? Give us a little walkthrough there. Well, typically, if it's just a piece or two and it's going to go on a monthly consignment auction, you know, that lead time is about 20 days. You know, we do two a month, so our advertising deadlines are the 1st and the 15th of each month. Um, and then it'll go on the next month's auction. So that's what we're looking at there. If you're thinking about doing a full farm line or something like that, you know, our lead time on those, we want at least 30 days to do the advertising hype. Yep, well, and that's what it's all about, folks. I mean, the Stephas Auction Group has an entire team that's there to help you. You're not going it alone. They'll be happy to take a look at your equipment, help you put together some values, great descriptions, get pictures out there, capitalize on the World Wide Web and the audience that never stops at stephasgroup.com, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Or remember, an office right here in Wisconsin that's getting all those bookings Ashley was just talking about, you can call them directly at 920-442-5677. 920-442-5677. Ashley Hewn along with us from the Steffes Group. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit badgerbean.com today. Markets aren't looking too good this morning, either for our commodities or Wall Street. We'll get to that in just a moment. Well, last week at World Dairy Expo, we found out that one of our dairy industry leaders is stepping away. Tom Gallagher has been CEO of Dairy Management Incorporated, which is driven entirely by dairy checkoff dollars for the past 30 years' time. Now he's decided it's time to step away. And he explains why he is stepping away at this time. Well, really three things. First of all, uh, we have a person in Barb O'Brien who's very capable. I've worked with her 21 years. She's ready to take over. It'll be seamless. Second thing is we have a long-term plan that we work through with the industry, with the dairy farmers. It has wide support. It's well on the way to being implemented, so there's a roadmap. And then third, as I just mentioned, there's things I want to do in my next iteration that uh, it's time to get on with. Tom Gallagher, CEO of Dairy Management Incorporated, all driven by dairy farmer dollars, announcing that he's stepping away after 30 years. He also explains what he believes are some of the career highlights he's been able to attain. Well, I think the unity we've helped forge within the industry. We created the U.S. Dairy Export Council. We staff it. It has 120 processors, producers, co-ops, uh, one trade policy funded by member dues, uh, the innovation center that has brought the entire industry together on sustainability, uh, you know, any number of other companies that have been created that foster that unity because uh, that's what it takes uh, in this industry to move the ball forward. We have to have a unified group. 
Tom O'Brien stepping away as CEO of Dairy Management Incorporated. He really wants people to know he's not retiring. He's stepping away because he's got other things that he wants to try to do in his career. And Barb O'Brien, after 21 years and kind of a backup position, now taking over the reins. That announcement last week during World Dairy Expo. So, like I mentioned, the announcement on that whistleblower testimony about Facebook kind of hitting the markets this morning and still a lot of concern about where the money is going to come from to bail out Chinese real estate developer Evergrande. So this morning, Wall Street's down right now more than 250 points. Our December corn's down a penny and a half at 536. November soybeans are down a penny and a quarter, 1249 and a quarter. December wheat's down a penny at 743 and three quarters, with July new crop wheat down a penny at 740 a bushel. Barrel cheese yesterday in Chicago gained a quarter of a cent at a dollar seventy nine and a quarter. Forty pound block cheese was up a penny at one eighty and three quarters, while double A butter was unchanged at a dollar sixty nine a pound. October milk gained a penny, closed at eighteen twenty one. November milk down a penny right now at eighteen fifty five a hundredweight. I forgot to tell you, big congratulations going out to Kirby from La Crescent. He is our September winner of the Rural Mutual Weather Station. Remember, you can qualify to be a part of that drawing. All you need to do is use our talk text line and uh, maybe let me know what's happening with rainfall in your backyard. Maybe let me know what's going on with the harvest. But use the Midwest Farm Report talk text line to qualify. That number 877 301 farm that's 877-301-3276 we uh, pull a winner from uh, all of the submissions randomly and we've got two more weather stations yet to be awarded the midwest farm report talk text line 877-301-farm this is the midwest farm report with pam Youngke. You know it's coming. Let's make sure you're prepared. Winter in Wisconsin. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee reminding you about all the services that are there under one roof at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City, McFarland's.net online. Don't forget, time for that snowblower service to make sure it's ready to go. They can handle it. Maybe a set of new tires for the ride that you depend on in the winter. Focused on their community and your safety. That's McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. McFarland's.net online. Teenage driver coming aboard your policy? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance about a good student discount. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. You work hard, and so you like it when things are made easy. Settlers Bank has mobile and office technology that is simple to use. Let our staff visit your office and show you directly how it works. Deal with one of us and get what's important to you done. People helping people is better than an 800 number, don't you think? To learn more, go to SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. Is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. 
so we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compere.com slash crop insurance. Compere does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We have got a brand new program to keep you up to speed on what's happening in your neighborhood. When it comes to the harvest of 2021, it is Wiffles Wednesday. And today, we're visiting with Dave Raleigh. He's the regional manager for Wiffles Hybrid. Now, Dave, I see you've got a Illinois phone number. Where are you? Yeah, I actually live in Wisconsin, Pam, Belleville, and ah, I'm responsible yeah, yeah. for Northern Illinois and Wisconsin. All right, he's a regional manager with Wiffles Hybrids. Now, I think the obvious conversation that's been going on is, holy potato bugs, it is dry out there. I think a lot of our hybrids dried down even faster than we might have thought. What are you seeing, Dave? Yeah, it's been dry and variable, probably the two words to describe what we've seen this whole season go across. Um, you know, we finished our corn crop in record pace. The one thing with a corn plant, it really ages more by heat than it does anything else. And with all that late season heat we had, especially the end of August and September, we just reduced the amount of sunshine that we could get during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that uh, obviously changed up how our plants reacted. i got to believe that you've been pulling off plots, getting some of your yield results in. Dave, what are you, what are you seeing? What's impressing you? Yeah, we have. In fact, uh, just in Greene County yesterday afternoon, we had a plot came out. Uh, the trial averaged 259 bushels. It was at 19% moisture average. Uh, one of our new hybrids for next year, 112-day smart stacks, W7208, that topped the plot at 284 bushels, and it was still down to 22%. So the farmer that was combining it really didn't expect those type of yield levels. They just caught a couple late-season rains. And I think those late season, you know, inch or more uh, really makes a difference from some high record yields to just down the road. It might not be even close to that. Well, and that's why every field, like you said, from one section to the next is probably going to change. It is. You can even see it in some of the bigger fields from one hillside to the next as you look across it. Uh, just the, the lack of moisture throughout the season. Uh, probably the thing in our advantage that we had is in southern Wisconsin, we planted in very dry conditions. So we didn't compact that soil around the root zone. Many of our hybrids got deep-rooted in June when we were so dry. And then if we just caught a couple of those time-saving rains throughout pollination and late grain fill, uh, we still had uh, relatively high yields. Some, some cases will be close to record yields. And then, like I said, a few miles away, it's going to be uh, more on the, the downside of the yield spectrum. How are you looking as far as test weight or anything like that, Dave? Just getting some few reports, talked to a friend over in Lafayette County yesterday. They had some of the highest test weight that they've seen off their farm in the last five years. They actually took it to town. It was 14% moisture, and it was 59.1-pound test weight. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, and and we got to keep an eye on that moisture, too, because, as we said, things drying down fast. I I particularly am worried about that dry-down factor with our soybeans. Yeah, I had, last week was a huge soybean week, and towards the end of the week, a lot of growers were combining soybeans that were under 10% moisture, getting more head chatter, and that's really a, a tough condition. Kind of spotty rains that we picked up over the weekend. Some places got a quarter inch, some places had as much as an inch. So yesterday, there wasn't too many soybeans being harvested. Mm-hmm. I think it should help bring the moisture levels back to a little bit of reality. <laughs> 
this week. Yeah, we sure hope so. That's for sure. Now let's talk a little bit. Wiffles Highbred, one of the things that uh, they are so proud of is it's a U.S. farm family owned company, focuses on what our U.S. growers and our Midwest growers need. How has seed production gone for you guys as a company, Dave? Yeah, so we just finished our seed harvest on Sunday, and this is about 10 days ahead of normal. Usually when we get to this time of year, Pam, we're worried about an early season frost getting in and hurting the germ on our seed production fields. That was far from mine this year. We flew through harvest. Our seed crop dried down at a record pace, so we're able to stay in front of it. We got everything into Atkinson right now. It's in the drying bins and in the bulk storage bins. We just did a major expansion of our seed processing plant in Atkinson, Illinois, and we're using some of the newest technologies available to us. We're pretty excited to see all this come together. It looks like it's going to be a record crop. Our company's experienced eight years of growth, so we've had to expand and accommodate that so we can simply produce more seed corn that's going to go out the door next spring. Well, that's all right. Any particular hybrids that have got you jazzed looking ahead to 2022, Dave? Yeah, I mentioned that earlier, uh, that 112-day W7208. Um, probably one right behind that for the southern tier of counties is W6408. I know we plant that on the family farm. It's been a good standard hybrid for the last three years. On the earlier side, I'll go down to a 94-day. We've got a new Double Pro, 1466. Really good drought tolerance, and it's yielding coming out of the fields more like a 103-day maturity. So we're pretty excited about that. I think this year it's going to be hard for growers to really evaluate the necessary uh, business to plant different maturing hybrids because everything got so dry and so compressed. But I think if you look across your acres, you definitely want to spread your relative maturity just for pollination risks, for dry down, and then also for a harvest plan because we just don't know what next year is going to bring. Well, and like you said, because of the growing conditions we lived with this year, every field was different. You might identify stock weaknesses. Uh, maybe it was a tar spot, something like that. And that's where you'd rather just sit and, like you said, look through the whole catalog to, to kind of spread your risk. And that's one thing we take a lot of pride in. We have a team of six corn breeders that are out in our research trials. I uh, just talked to Bob Jackson yesterday, and he was on his way to another trial in Platteville, Wisconsin, to evaluate our late-season stocks. Any leaf diseases, you mentioned tar spot, we've seen that throughout the area. Trying to really get a handle on how these different late season effects uh, will, will have an influence on our products for next year. We take all that information and then we, we get that right back out to our DSMs that know our products inside and out. Truly really try to make the best plan for our customers as we come into next season. When we come in to recommend a package of hybrids, we're recommending usually a minimum of three to four hybrids just because there's so many variables soil conditions or needs on the farm uh, you don't want to just try to run with one plot winner and put that across all your acres yeah absolutely that that glitz and glamour can go away quickly for sure and that's why you want to talk with the folks at wiffles hybrids about uh, your whole farm plan that's dave raleigh along with us regional manager he lives in wisconsin helps in northern illinois as well it is wiffles wednesday and we are going to routinely be visiting with some of the folks from wiffles hybrid to keep you posted on how the harvest is advancing no matter where you live you can find more 